Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Game of Love podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Smith, and today I am so excited because I have a very special guest here with me. He's an accomplished chiropractor, a top-rated network spinal practitioner for two decades, the creator of the Aligned Life program, and my dear friend, Dr. Aaron Wilkerson. Dr. Aaron, thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. Uh, it's beautiful to see you and it's beautiful to be here with you and hear your voice. So, Oh, the pleasure is mine. I have wanted to have you on for so long and that it's finally happening. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> me too. It's been, uh, it's been in the works, the rhythms of life, right? The surfer can be out waiting for the wave and you just gotta have yourself prepared for when the wave comes in. So, well, thank you for being prepared. I appreciate <laughs> Absolutely. it. Absolutely, <laughs> Ready to say yes. When the, when the wave arrives. Well, you know that I love you and that you are such an incredible man. You have helped so many people. I'm just going to be quite candid and say you were my therapist at one point. So you know all of my deep, dark <laughs> secrets. <laughs> and I, I've also sent a lot of clients your way because I call you the miracle worker. You have done amazing, amazing things for for me and my clients. So I'm so excited to have you on and talk to the Game of Love audience because you, you got you got amazing things to share with us. Well, thanks and thanks for having me here. That's a that's a humbling introduction, and I'm excited to share with you, and I'm excited to share with your audience. So thanks for everybody that's out there as well. Okay, you and I have spent hours upon hours talking about a multitude of things. Yes. I love all of it. <laughs> now, one of the things that I express this to you all the time, it's a, a topic that I'm in love with, and I think it would be so beneficial to talk about this with the audience, and that is the six human needs. And I, I would love to start there. And if you could walk our listeners through what they are, and um, we'll, we'll dive into this. Yeah, absolutely. That is, it's a phenomenal topic and not just topic, but an amazing tool. You know, it's interesting when you proposed us doing this and we started talking about doing it this week and we were kind of like, what's going to be the subject matter? What's this? I actually had written on my marker board content and context. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. And then I got the invite, the Zoom invite to, to be able to join into this and do this. And you would put the conversation and you put content slash context. But I hadn't actually, we hadn't discussed that. And so the reason I bring that up is that really in life, what starts to happen is we get in so many arguments and so many discussions over content, which is kind of the low hanging fruit of things, as opposed to really looking at what's going on behind the scenes and the context of stuff. And so one of the beauties is, is that what Tony Robbins did, the six human needs that you mentioned at Six Human Needs Psychology and that's Tony Robbins' work, who's done a phenomenal job with that. And one thing that he's really good at is taking complex things and chunking them down and making them very digestible and very easy to use. And so, yeah, I'll happily go through them. And what they do, one of the things I love about them is they help us see beyond the content and kind of answer the question, which is one of the most powerful questions. You know, if you talk about a miracle worker or something like that, really the primary question that's going on is, What's really going on here? Right? When you can pause and say, wait, what's really going on here? So, mm -hmm. you know, then you can actually see. Now, in order to get to the to what's beyond there, you have to ask the question. But if you have some filters and frameworks to put it into, such as the six needs or some out of restaurant integration or other aspects, then you can look and go, oh, this is a representation of that. Right. And so one of the things that goes on with the six needs is that basically Robbins has said, you know, Maslow, they, they stem from Maslow's work with the hierarchy of needs. There's a psychologist named William Glasser who actually has five needs that he's come up with, and they all end up being about the same. And okay. so these are all frameworks to go through. With Tony Robbins, when you hear him explain it, and he's really recognizing that this is the why behind what people do. And that's what he refers to himself as. If you watch his TEDx videos or TED Talk videos or whatnot, he'll say, you know, I'm not, I'm not a motivational guy. I'm a why guy. I want to know why people are doing what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And what he starts to recognize is that the reason that we do pretty much everything we do is to fulfill these six needs. 
And so that's where we start to look at it, right? And so the first of the six needs is the need for certainty. And the need for certainty is the need for safety. There's a lot of, like, that's the word, right? And you can look at a lot of synonyms for that. So safety, stability. When somebody says, I just want to know, mm-hmm. right? It sounds like this big thing. It's they want certainty. Right. I just want to know what's going on. It's okay. You're wanting certainty. Right. When, when we're out dating and we're like, what are we doing here? What is this thing? They're really asking, is there comfort here? Is there safety? Is there security? Help me out. I, I need some certainty right now. For sure. And they, yeah. And I want certainty. I want to know. I want some stability. I want some knowing. I want clarity. That's mm-hmm. the same thing as clarity, right? Often, actually, when people are looking for, what would you like more of in your life? I'd like more peace. Now, there's one version of peace, which is a very energy-rich version of peace. And then there's another version of peace, which is, I just want certainty. Mm. I want to know. And with knowing will come peace. And that may or may not always be true. Peace slash contentment a little bit. It's it's more like cool, calm, and collected as opposed to peace maybe being this enlightened state. Right. Yeah. And those are the two things. And right. And so you can look at the context behind it and kind of go, when you're asking for peace, what's really going on here? Mm. Right. So one of the things that I've recognized, I didn't realize this is what I was until somewhat recently really is for the last 20 years and for much of my life, I've, I've really just been a student of energy and of watching the flow of energy. And so that's how you can start to see beyond the content as well as kind of what's the energy beyond this statement, right? It sounds like, I just want some peace. That's, they want certainty, right? They're like, I just need some certainty. I need for the love of God. Right, I I right. if you're begging, for, exactly. It's like, I don't think we're talking about the same kind of peace as I want to be sitting on a hill meditating and in peace, right? That's a different thing. Right. And there's a different energy there that's there. So the need for certainty is the is the first need. And it is, it's that need to know what's going to come next. It's the need to know that you have safety, that you have food, that your needs are taken care of. I like to look at it as a person with a high need for certainty is the person that really, or with its focus on certainty, is the person that really likes to have, you know, the nine to five job. They like to to just be very steady. They like to be very certain. They like to have very strong routines typically. Right. Things like that. And it's a person that, you know, you may have a, a relative or a friend or something that wants to go to the same restaurant every time. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, we go, we get the steak, we get the potatoes, we get this. It's like, well, let's go try this new. I don't want to try something new. I want to know that I'm going to get what I'm going to get. I know what I like. I know who I am. Period. Period. Right. And that's it. And if things start to get too uncertain, then it starts to become, whoa, wait a minute. Now, the next need that comes up is the need for uncertainty. Mm. I like to use the word variety. Um, but it's the need for variety. It's the need for uncertainty. The need for certainty would be fast, you know, would be vanilla or, or chocolate ice cream. Sure. The need for variety is Baskin Robbins or, you know, Ben and Jerry's and you've got all sorts of stuff in it. You're mixing it up. I do like variety over uncertainty because uncertainty, it sounds uncertain. It sounds a little unsafe. (laughs) It sounds a little scary, right? And variety is like that Baskin Robbins, like, Ooh, I get, I get to choose between strawberry, vanilla, Rocky Roads, bubblegum. I don't know. I get to choose. <laughs> right. And so, and it's different. And that's the, that's an interesting thing, right? Of just the power of language even mm. is just by labeling it uncertainty versus variety. It becomes, whoa, wait a minute. I don't know <laughs> which one of those I like. Right. The person with the need for variety might be the person who, you know, likes to try new things. When I go to a restaurant, I love, I enjoy quite a bit just asking the waiter or waitress just bring me your favorite thing well are you okay just just bring me whatever you got right and part of it means i don't have to make a decision which is nice but the other part of it is i just want to try something new i want to see what else is going on it also fulfills another one of the needs for me which is connection Mm. but we'll get to that in just a second so that's the need for variety. So that person may not want the nine to five job they may not want the same right and if there's too much consistency or too much certainty, that might be where somebody would say they sabotage or self-sabotage, mm. which is a whole nother conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's, if things start to get a little too certain, then they kind of want to mix things up. Right. They need their room. They, they, they seek thrill, adventure, like to try new things. It's, and they and a lot of people and even can get off on or get excited by it. Okay. So for example, I like to think of it as if you take two children, right, and you're on a road trip and they're in the backseat and you're going on a road trip and one kid has a high need for certainty and one has a high need for uncertainty. 
Okay. And we'll talk about what that means. Like, well, what is mine? Is mine hot? So we all have all six of them. Okay. There's no good ones or bad ones. We all have them all, but we kind of lean towards one or the other. Sure. And so, but let's say you have one kid that has a high need and you're going, okay, we're going on a road trip. I'm like, okay, well, do we have a map and how long are we going to be in the car? And are there bathrooms? And am I going to be able to have my books? And is there going to be a library where we're going? And are we going to be able to write there? It's very much. And will I, you know, and then you have the other one that's like, yeah, cool. Let's get in the car. Yeah. And they don't even pack anything, right? They're just like, yeah, whatever. We'll pick it up on the way. Who knows what's going to happen? A great adventure, this right? so fun. Yeah. Yeah. And so two polar opposites, you know, I'm, we all have a mixture of some of this in between us, right? But we're talking about the archetype. And so, so here's what happens. Now we're in the car and we're on the road and things are going and things are pretty calm. Things are pretty certain, right? And so you've got the one certainty kid is kind of reading the book or looking out the window and just everything's good and mom and dad are driving and whatever. And then you got this kid over there that has this need for uncertainty who's starting to, you know, tap their foot a little bit and kind of getting a little, and what might they do? They'll lean over and poke their brother or sister. They'll poke their sibling. And the reason for that is that it starts to create a instability. It starts to create a little bit of chaos. It starts to create a little bit of movement and while everybody else starts, stop poking your sister and stop this. And right, that kid's back there going, oh, thank God, this is great, right? Because it was just too boring. It was too certain. It was mm-hmm. too stable. Yes. And then if we bring that to our dating lives, there are some people that like that certainty and that consistency, and they want that stable relationship. And then there's some people that are like, oh, heck no, I'm not going to be locked down. I don't want to be in a committed relationship. I like the Baskin Robbins of the dating world. I like to have the, you know, this person and that person and be able to bop around. And I, that is fascinating to watch. That's, that's one of those things when you're out at a bar, you could, you could smell it. You could be like, oh, that person likes certainty. Oh, that person definitely likes variety. (laughs) Absolutely. And now this leads to a great conversation, which becomes, it's not anything about which need is better or worse or good or bad or any of that. What it comes down to is how we go about fulfilling the needs, Mm. the strategy or the vehicle or the means or the mode that we use to fulfill our need, right? So if my need for variety comes from, I won't ever get into a solid relationship, Anytime that a relationship becomes a little bit too much like, whoa, this could become intimacy and this could become certain and this could become stable and this could become that I get out of that relationship, that might not be the best strategy for fulfilling my need for healthy variety. Mm. So how does one do that? How do you have healthy variety in that situation? Well, that's, you know, that's going to come down to each individual for sure. That's where, you know, I mean, on some level, that's where the Kama Sutra comes in, right? I oh, mean, now we're talking, now we're talking. <laughs> I, but that's what that is, is healthy variety, right? That's sure. that's a variety within the sex life. Mm. Um, trying new things together, those types of things. As we move on, let me come back and remind me of that question again as we come back. So let's go through the other ones and then we'll come back and tie this in. And again, so... The third need, as Robbins puts them out, is the need for significance. Mm. And the need for significance is to know that we're unique, is to know that we're important. To, and we all want to know that. We all want to feel significant. We all want to have that, right? Significance can often get a bad rap as in, oh, you're making it all about you. You don't, it's everybody wants to feel important. Everybody wants to feel acknowledged. I just want to be seen. How many people in a relationship are like, I just want to be seen? Everyone. Right. Mm-hmm. It's, and that's it. I just feel like I'm invisible. I feel like how often in marriages, right? Once there's kids, often, and it's not a, but often the parent becomes a dad or a mom, second to becoming a husband and a wife. Mm. And so when your wife is now second to, when you being a husband becomes second to you being a dad, then your wife has become less significant. Oof. When your husband, becomes second to the children and sometimes third or fourth to each, right? It depends on how far down it goes. Then the significance is lost, Mm. right? I used to be the primary in your life and now we've taken our life and we've dedicated and we put these kids on the pedestal and. And then our relationship. It lost importance. It lost that. 
So again, there's a lot of ways to do this. You know, you can meet your need for significance by, you know, being the loudest person in the room. You can also meet your need for significance by being the quietest person in the room. Right. You can meet your need for significance by buying everybody drinks. Right. You can meet your significance by giving huge tips or by whatever. It's all ways of meeting your need for significance. Mm-hmm. The key to it is, is it a healthy way? Is it a sustainable way? Is it a productive way? Does it add value or the opposite of that? Right. And so that's what we start to look at. And when we look at everything that we do, we start to filter it and go, oh, this is me meeting my need for significance right. or some other need. I love significance. And this is one that when you and I were talking about this a while ago, I'm like, oh, that one, that one was big for me. And that's how I would operate in in my love life is I wanted to be the special one, the unique one. And my relationship then would determine that. So I think a lot of people will do that. They will date someone or look for someone who is not only going to make them the center of their world, but that they feel special. And sometimes that's it comes in many different forms and we can dive into that in a little bit, but I, I love significance. I love, <laughs> I love that one. Absolutely. And we all do, right? We all want it. Some of us are more uncomfortable, less uncomfortable with it, but we all want it on some level, but it goes into the next need, which is the need for connection slash love. And the reason that it's connection slash love from what I've learned from, you know, and I've had the opportunity to learn from Robbins in person and from studying his materials over and over again. And so Connection slash love is we all typically want love, but we'll settle for connection, right? We we settle for likes. We settle for, you know. I love that. I love that so much. We want love, but we'll settle for connection. Y- you said this to me years back and it has stayed with me. Sometimes it's haunted me, <laughs> but it, it's very interesting, especially in our hookup culture that's you know, they're like, oh, we don't like, we don't like to catch feels, la la la, which I think is bullshit. I think everybody wants to is catch. Is that the what feels. kids are saying these days? Is That's that what, what the kids are saying? We don't like to catch feels. Yes, and and I say the opposite. I'm like, if you're not if you're not dating to catch the feels, then move the fuck on. Okay, like go heal yourself, go get therapy, and then jump back in when you're ready to catch feels. And then it comes back to that statement that you made that we really want love. But there's all these walls and boundaries up and we're like, oh, I I don't know if I can emotionally open up. I don't know. Eh, eh, eh." And so it's like, well, let's just let's just fuck then. And at least we're connected in that moment. And it's like, that's where that's connection. That's also actually significance. I would suggest that the behavior is possibly if I looked and said, what's really going on here? I would look and say a lot of that is actually fulfilling the need for significance, Mm. not the need for connection and love as much. And they're all being fulfilled, but that it's, if I can get laid, if I can be in this situation, if I can do this, then it means I'm significant. It means I'm still relevant. It means that I'm still like, it's not necessarily about getting the connection aspect of it in many of those cases. And some of it is, but I would suggest that probably in a lot of those situations, it's a higher dose of I'm getting my significance met. I'm getting my worthiness met because it's not about the connection. It's not about the relationship. It's not about the couple. It's about me. Mm-hmm. And if it's about me, it's about significance. So I don't know if that's always the case. Again, we're going up, we're shooting from the hip here a little bit, but. Mm-hmm. Well, and that makes perfect sense. And and if we go back to that statement, then we can say that, you know, we, we really, a lot of us really want love and we want to find that person and, you know, we, we have this, this need yet we don't get it, but we might have a nice connection with someone. And it might be, it might just be a, a drink at the bar. It might be a couple weeks of dating casually, you know, so there's different levels. And, and that would be another way I would say that the needing love, settling or getting connection. Absolutely. And the beauty is, is that, and what we'll get to at a point is that anything that fulfills multiple of these needs at relatively high levels and with relative ease will become a habit or an addiction. Ooh, tell us more, Dr. Aaron. 
Well, let's go through the rest of them real quick and then we'll talk <laughs> about that, right? And then, so the next need is, so we connection love, right? And so if you have somebody that has a high need for significance, for instance, then that might be the person that, you know, if they're on a team or something like that, that is very much, you know, and some, you know, they, they're getting interviewed by the, and you see it on teams anymore. It's not significance as much anymore. Our culture is much more moving towards connection, towards collaboration, towards a different type of communication. If you watch athletes and in interviews at the end of a game, it's very much, even golfers who do things one-on-one or do things on seemingly on their own will very much be, instead of saying, how was it out there today? Oh man, I was done and I did this and I did that. And I really hit, right. That's a very significance driven interview. Right. Versus what you find anymore is very much, well, it was really cool. And the work that John's been doing with me and that Sally's been doing with me and that this has been, the team has really been, com- that's connection. And you can hear it in the communication. There's much more we, there's much more of that than there is of me and what I do. I love that. And again, that's something that you and I have talked about at length is that me versus we archetype and how important it is to to have that we state of mind and the way of being in the world it's that's that's a beautiful thing and the dance of it is is really being able to have a yes and world where it's me and we mm. right so we don't completely lose ourselves it's i don't want to lose myself in that i like that cliche but but where it's both where you maintain some of your it's interdependence right not it's it's not independence and it's not dependence it's interdependence where we're functioning as a team and as a collaboration you'll hear that word a lot coming up as we move more towards tier two of consciousness collaboration is what's really is one of the hot words right now because it's where the energy is flowing and the language starts to represent the consciousness so the next two needs are the need for growth right the need for growth is that need to feel like you're growing beyond that you're learning, that something's adapting, right? And so in a relationship, right? I just don't feel like we're growing. Mm. I just don't feel like we're we're learning anything. We're not, we've grown apart. We're not growing together. We're right. Those are all those types of things. And then the next one would be the need for contribution. I'm gonna pause you there real quick. I, I also want to throw in with the the growth, something that I hear a lot is I want to be challenged. I want a partner that's gonna challenge me. And personally, I I think that is a very masculine statement. I think the masculine wants to be challenged. For women and for the the feminine, I would say we don't want to be challenged. We want to be inspired. And I think that's where that growth comes in. I would love to change the languaging around that I want to be challenged statement that everybody's throwing out in the dating world. It's like, no, how about how about you want a space that you can grow in, you know, to spiritually, mentally, emotionally, sexually evolve. Right. And so, and it, it can be a masculine thing for sure. It's if we watch and look at research based on kids and stuff, right? Kids grow, young boys typically grow, traditionally have grown from challenge, mm-hmm. right? That's how it works. So if you watch boys play very often, it was traditionally, things are changing quickly and generationally. So don't cut my head off for this, Okay, This is going based on some, <laughs> You're good. maybe more my generation of the 70s, you know, Gen X kid or whatever. But but it's very often it was if you watched boys play, it would be, I dare you, I bet you can't, those right. types of things. So the masculine traditionally would grow from, what we refer to as the masculine, would grow from challenge and from dare and from that. The feminine very often would grow from, I love the word of inspiration, and grow from nurturing. Mm. So it's, if you watch traditionally girls, very young girls and stuff, they would nurture each other more. It's more of a growth from nurturing, not from challenge. What I think is happening now that's beautiful is that the lines are becoming very drawn between the two in certain regards, which can be very beautiful and can also be very destabilizing because without polarity, you lose passion. Mm. But it is neat that we're starting to see more complete people as opposed to just one side or the other, right? As opposed to, yeah. So that's well said. So yeah, the growth aspect of it though, that is language for growth, right? That's language for, I want to grow. I want to be evolving. I want to be, something's got to be happening here. Yeah. And growth and variety or growth and uncertainty can actually look similar to each other. Ooh. But the difference is, is that uncertainty or variety, change for the sake of change is very unrewarding. It's very superficial. 
It's the level of going from one girlfriend or one boyfriend to the next. It's change for the sake of change. And it's a fun game for a while. It's the level of, of that where you're like, and then at some point it's like, well, why I'm getting laid, I'm getting this, I'm dating this, I'm doing this. Why am I not happier? Well, because it's all superficial. There's no intimacy. There's no depth. There's no growth. There's no growth. Right. Growth is actually the opposite of that, which is where there's depth or expansion, where there's more going on, where I'm learning. And so growth actually also then involves progress. And progress is what lights us up, right? Progress is what gets us excited. If we feel like we're making progress, then we'll keep going. And so that's, you know, if I'm running a marathon and, or that's what, you know, somebody in a relationship to keep it is, you know, I don't feel like we're growing. I don't, it means I don't feel like we're making progress. I don't think, I feel like we're stagnant. I feel like this. Now, if you have one person that values growth and has growth as a relatively high need and somebody else that has certainty as a relatively high need, those two are paradoxical to each other. Mm -hmm. I used to have a picture on the wall in my office you may remember, I don't have it anymore, but it, used to, it had a picture of growth and comfort sitting across from each other at a table and growth is looking at comfort and saying, I'm sorry, I just don't think this is going to work out. Right. <laughs> I, I hear you and correct me if I'm wrong, but if you are a person that you can value both of those, you can have, you can have the certainty because I think in some healthy committed amazing relationships, you have that certainty of the relationship in which you can grow. Absolutely. Yeah. The the foundation can be uncertainty for sure. Now, if it's I'll grow once I have certainty, that's different than once I have certainty, I'll grow. Ooh, yes. Right. Uh-huh. So those are two different. It's whichever one comes first is going to define the action more. Okay. And so if we're waiting... Once I know that he loves me, then I'll love him back. Once I know that she won't hurt me, then I'll really open my heart. Well, no, that do- it doesn't work that way. Sorry. Sorry. It's you're withholding, right? You're withholding and you're waiting for something. There is no such thing as certainty on a full level. There is, right? Yes, sir. You are so right. That was one of my last podcast episodes. I was saying the same thing. I'm like, look, there is no certainty. I didn't say those words exactly, but I said, you have to save yourself. There is nobody coming to save you. And as soon as you have the certainty within that, then you're good. Then you're good, honey. You can keep, you can go live your best life now. Well, that's right. And that's really it. And so very often what ends up happening when we get into the vehicles of this is we're looking for external vehicles to fulfill these needs for us mm. right we're looking for it's where people talk about boundaries right that's not my favorite thing to <laughs> okay a, thank you i i don't use that word and um i i'm not a fan of it because i feel i feel like the language is is weak and it puts us in a lower vibrational state and I feel like it, like we're kind of like these sad, weak animals. Like I have boundaries up and if you cross them, I'm going to get hurt. And no, I want something empowering. Like, no, you, you're not going to slap me across the face. You are not going to sleep with my best friend. You know, it just has a different, I had to go super extreme there, but you know what I mean? <laughs> Unless of course I ask you to, and then that's a whole different thing. Whole different story. <laughs> and that's the funny thing, right? You do one thing and you, the one thing that you do in one context is going to get you in trouble that if you don't do the exact same thing in this other context, you're going to be in trouble, right? That's the, that's the kicker of context, right? So we can't judge the content. We judge the context mm-hmm. within a certain context, right? If this person in this context kisses me or touches my butt or does that, then it's trouble, right? If this person in another context doesn't kiss me or touch my butt, then they're in trouble. It's kind of like when a man is hitting on a woman and if he's, if he's hot, it's like, ooh, that's such a nice compliment. But if the guy is not hot, oh, it's creepy. I'm like, girl, the only difference is, I mean, not only, but I'm speaking generally. A compliment is a compliment. The only thing that makes it, you know, creepy is because you don't find him attractive. Right. I'm not gay, but if guys send me a drink, thank you. I love it. Free drinks, a free drink, right? I mean, <laughs> hey, a, a free compliment is a free compliment. Right, exactly. I'm, like, I'm all about it. If you're like, man, you're handsome. You're I'm like, hey, thanks. 
I'm not judging the messenger, right? I like the message. I'm not judging the messenger. Yes. yes. <laughs> you know, so, but there is so much of that for sure. The last need that we go into real quick, just to wrap them up, is the need for contribution. Mm-hmm. And that's the need to feel like we're contributing to something greater than ourselves. Okay. So where that would come into a relationship thing would be, do you feel like you're contributing to the relationship? Mm-hmm. Right? If you're you don't an have a team member. You're an active team member and you add value to it, okay. right? You'll find that people will leave. I was just listening to something that described this this morning where a person, you know, and this is very much of, especially if you get into like the knight in shining armor type complex or something, right? Where it's, I didn't know how to help the person. So I left. Mm. I didn't know. And which means I didn't know how to add value. And therefore I left, which also then threatens the significance as well, right? Right. So, because if I'm not adding value, then I'm insignificant. If I'm insignificant, then then what am I doing here? So, but the, to feel like we're adding value is important. To feel like we're like we're contributing to something is important. Now, again, all of these are more or less important for different people. So, as we went through them, you've probably, you know, listeners have probably, you know, kind of said, "Oh, I kind of, yes, I have them all for sure," but. I'm definitely more of a certainty person, or I'm definitely more of a significance person, or I'm more of a connection person, or I'm more of a growth person, right? And so if you have that person in a relationship, yeah, that's like, you know, I'm good with where things are, and the other person's chomping to grow in some fashion, then there's conversations to have, and there's ways to kind of look and say, hey, can we do this, and what would this look like, and how do you define growth, right? Mm -hmm. So so those are the six needs, and again, there's no right or wrong ones. It's how we go about fulfilling them. That's right. And when you brought this body of work to me, it was so helpful for me to use this to examine myself. And it's that context. It's what is valuable to me? What do I need? And that helped me understand who who I am. And then when I'm out dating and I'm like, oh, okay, this explains a lot. You know, it explains my behaviors. It explains how I choose to date the people I do. And then, then when it comes to the relationship, then that, that's a thing too. That's a, that's a whole nother ball of wax. And that's one of the reasons why I really wanted to talk about it today. So, so people could use this as a guideline and understand themselves because it does make a lot of sense when you start putting all these into play. And again, if you were, if we were sitting out at a public place right now, a lot of times, you know, you can, you can sense things, or if you're talking to people, you're like, oh, wow, you know, you're, you're very much a, uh, a growth person. I, I can tell just by the languaging that you're using. And I think that is, it's a great roadmap. It absolutely is. And it's a great thing to be able to look beyond the content again. So take scenario, right? Imagine, and it's, these are all examples. So nothing's ever quite as clear as this, obviously, but, you know, say, say a guy's getting ready to go out with his friends, right? I can think of actually a live example of a buddy of mine and you know he's getting ready to go out again with his friends because he has his weekly thing and each week it seems like you know it's oh and his wife is oh my god you're going out with your friends again and and this whole thing right and so they get an argument over yeah of course i'm going out with my friends again it's our thursday da, 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 right and this whole thing it's and they're bowling night over, right and they're arguing over content mm. if he pauses and says it has nothing to do with me going out. What's happening is she's feeling a lack of connection. Mm. She's feeling a lack of significance. What she's saying is your friends are more significant than I am. What she's saying is your bowling night is more important than me. What she's saying is I feel disconnected from you. What she's saying is I'm not certain that this relationship is as strong or as valuable or as important to you as it is to me. What she's saying is, I don't know if I can count on you, which is, I don't know if I have certainty, right? And if I don't have certainty, then I can't grow. I can't do these other things, okay? Can't is a choice that was made, but that's, you get what I'm saying. If I can get over the argument of, it's bowling night, you know I love bowling and you know I love, right? It's my friends and why do you always want to stand? You're arguing over the low-hanging fruit. You're, you're, You're having the wrong argument. Having the wrong arguments. Yes. The conversation is about, hey, honey, we've been together for so long and I'm not going anywhere. You are the love of my life. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. You're the best. And she'll go, 
thanks, honey. Go have fun <laughs> with your friends. Because what you've done is you've fulfilled her needs. Right. It's not about, if you stay home and don't go to bowling night, it doesn't fulfill her needs. Nope. Because there's still not that conversation and there's still the, the, the need is still there. It has not been catered to or fulfilled. The hunger is still there. It's still there, right? It still needs to be met. Robin says, you know, people will violate their morals. They'll violate their values. The needs are primary, right? And he's, he's very adamant about this. I have different questions about how this kind of plays in, but he really says that. And, and I look at it this way. When your needs are being fulfilled, you don't even know that they exist, right? So imagine you have a baby in a room, right? Remember when your kids were babies, right? And they're sleeping. You don't even know they exist. Yeah. They're perfect. They're wonderful. And when they're sleeping, you're like, oh, they're angels. This is amazing. <laughs> right? Aren't they precious? And you get butterflies and everything inside you. It's wonderful, right? What about when they start crying? Right? And Not even really crying. They start to kind of, and they start to wake up a little bit. And you're like, uh-oh, what are they going to need? Right? What are we going to do? What are they, right? And then you can't get it, right? And you give them the, the binky and you give them what milk and you go, and yet they keep going on and crying, what would you do to get a baby to stop crying? Anything. Anything. Right? Anything, right? And so you go for drives at night, you go for this, you do that, you, right? That's what it's like when a need isn't being fulfilled. Like when a, a need isn't being fulfilled, baby. it's like a crying baby. If you can catch it when it's starting to just whimper and wake up a little bit, mm-hmm. you've got a much better chance of heading it off at the pass. If it gets to the point to where it's a screaming, crying, tantruming, whatever baby, it's just a different process. It's, it's a little harder process. You got to sit with that and you have to reassure it and reassure it and hold it and let it go through its process and let it know you're safe. I'm here. You're okay. We're good. Right. And the reassurance, but that's, what's going on. And that's why that's one of the reasons why the needs are something I use to get beyond content to context, because it's a really good answer to wait, what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. You go, Oh, the person's feeling insignificant the person's and you can see it in dating right the person that rolls up and starts immediately talking about how much money they make that's significance right right yep. the person that comes up and starts telling you about their family and is like yeah my family and oh my god you should that's more connection mm. right? like and it's so cool because we're all just this and they're talking about and they're wanting to bring you in they're wanting that connection right and they're both great okay there's nothing wrong they can both we all have all of them right Right. But it's just which one the primary and you just watch it and you go, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You, know, you watch the person order and they're like, yeah, I would like the salad, but I want the salad with da, 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 da. And you're like, oh, certainty versus the other person's like, I don't know, bring me whatever. It doesn't matter. Right. They're not even variety. They're just like, that ah, doesn't matter. Right. It's just mm-hmm. so those are ways to get to know somebody, but also to get to know yourself, as you said. And when you can watch and you say, wait a minute, the tone and the energy. Right. So somebody, will go, why did I do that? Pause for a minute. Mm-hmm. Why did I do that? Why does she always, why does he always stop? Mm-hmm. Why do they do that? Why do they? What's being really very curious about what they're going to say. Massive curiosity, right? You would never type an answer, a question into, when you type a question into Google, you expect an answer, right? You don't just go, why does this happen, Google? Right? <laughs> I don't want to answer. Just, I just, I just want to... <laughs> I just want to type it out there. I'm just, so it's, am I really asking the question? If I'm really asking the question, then curiosity, right? What's really going on here? Why would they do that? And the six needs just create a nice framework for that. They're not perfect. They're not everything. Again, what Tony Robbins does brilliantly is he takes things that are complex and chunks them down and makes them very digestible, which is beautiful, which makes them very usable. Yes. So, but everybody's not going to go, you know what I need? I need certainty, Aaron. And I need, right, they're not going to speak to me in that like direct thing. So I've got to learn the code language for it, right? Yes. And everybody speaks their own language too. So exactly. We have to be multilingual is what we're saying here. Absolutely. Is that you become multilingual and you go, oh, I see. This is their way of contribution. This is their way of this. And again, not judging it, not judging the action, but getting to the intent or the context behind the action. And now it doesn't mean I have to like the action or approve of the action. Then I get to choose, but at least I know the intention. Right. Right. And once I know the intention, then it's, oh, that's not how I would have done it. But I appreciate the gesture. Mm -hmm. But I appreciate your intention. I appreciate what you were looking to do. And it's not the thought that counts all. It's, yeah, of course, action, follow through, all of that counts. 
but there is some level of what was the person looking to achieve here? And if that's really what they want to do, then maybe I can actually help them achieve that. Right. Yeah. And I think that's like the, the problem with our relationships right now is everything is a, a personal attack upon us, you know, cause we have our needs and we want them met. And when there's difficulties, disagreements, people aren't acting right. It's, it's an attack upon us and everything that you just offered. What's really going on here is, is an opportunity to look deeper and look under the surface and say, okay, I might not like guys night out, but why do I not like guys night out? Why do I feel this way when he goes out on Thursday nights? Oh, because this, and then we start to diagnose ourselves a little bit. And we're like, oh, okay, well then why, why does he need to go out on Thursday nights? Oh, because of this. And then all of a sudden it's like, I think when people allow themselves to go through these process of discovery and expansion, then a whole new world opens up and it's like, wow, I, I want him to go out on Thursday nights. Like, honey, I love you. You better hurry up. You're going to be late. You're supposed to, you're supposed to meet the guys at seven o'clock. Go have a great time. And go get your significance, go get your connection, go get your certainty, go get your variety, go get your healthy aspects. Cause I'm going, they're, they're going to get fulfilled. Right. Period. Period. So let's see if we can make it a healthy fulfillment. Absolutely. Right. Cause they will. And that's, so if we think of, uh, let's say the husband, for instance, just has a high need for, and I know I, whatever, but anyway, the husband has a high need for whatever, all the needs. Right. And he comes home walks in the door and not negligently, but the family is doing their thing. Dinner's being prepared. This is happening or still working on the computer in today's thing. Right. So when he walks in, there's no real, Hey honey, or whatever. It's we're all busy. We're living our busy lives. We're doing our things. Kids are doing their thing and they're at 27 different projects and all of this. And so he walks in like, dude, no, it's like nobody knows I exist. There's no connection. There's no significance. There's no, and it's kind of boring. It's kind of just mm. is what it is. Now he goes down to the bar mm-hmm. and he walks in and it's norm, right? Like it's <laughs> right where massive amounts of significance, massive amounts of connection and love, not even just connection, love, right? Norm, how are you, man? I love you, buddy, right? All of this variety, because who knows who's going to be there? Certainty for sure, because it's, I know the bar is going to be there, right? It's amazing. <laughs> Growth, who knows who I'm going to meet? And I feel like I'm contributing because they're so happy, right? Where's he going to go? Right. Where is she going to go? We're going to go to the place that fulfills our needs. Yes. And I think that's when a lot of people, you know, they have affairs and they cheat because there's some of their needs that are being met. And, you know, it's like, well, I have my husband or wife that's fulfilling 80% of my needs, but I have a you know, if another 20% that's like a desperate need of fulfillment. So, Ooh, there's this lovely person over there. And if you're getting 80% of your needs met, you're probably not going anywhere, but when it starts to be lower than that, no, but there's true, but there is, and it depends on like, if it's a primary need, right. If there is something in there and it's, and it's a crying baby, you know, yeah, you're right. You know, 80, if you got five kids and four, four out of five of them are doing great, but one of them's freaking screaming, which one gets the attention. Right. Mm-hmm. The one that's screaming, the squeaky wheel gets the grease, right? There's so many, right? And that's, it's, there's not a right or wrong about it. It just an is what it is. There's not much you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Just ignore the crying one or just ignore the barking dog over there. Yeah, it's easy to say, but shut right. it up. Like this dog is fucking barking. Like, right. I'm like it's driving and, me crazy. I've got an itch that I can't scratch. And even if it's not a screaming baby or, or a barking dog, something that's very, there's still those, the deep, intrinsic needs will, it'll find its way out. It's going to get fulfilled. And so like, here's an example for me, right? Years ago, my, and this won't be in a relationship, but it shows up anywhere, but where this plays into my life is when I was growing up, you know, I grew up in a place where we drank and we went to bars and that's kind of how we got our needs fulfilled. That's how we got our connection and our certainty and our significance and our, all of that stuff as we grew up and getting drunk in bars. and 
doesn't happen as much anymore, but it could still happen, right? If there's an end of the week or an end of a day or something where I have a lot of healthy variety in my life, I have good clients, I have good work, I exercise, I have this and I have that. But there comes a day when I'm sitting kind of, kind of going, man, I want to go get drunk. And it's not like, I want to go have a drink. It's no, no, no. I want to go get drunk, right? Then I pause and I go, wait a minute, what's really going on here? Mm. And it's, oh, what I want is, I want some of that variety. I want some connection. I want in that way. And then I look and I, and so what's happened for me is that when those are not being fulfilled, my brain can still go to the vehicle or the means of, you know what, how I can fulfill that easy way to fulfill that would be go to the bar. Mm-hmm. It's worked. It worked. It worked. It worked. So it became a method, a means for me to fulfill those needs, right? Baby's crying, put a bottle in its mouth. It may not even need milk, but we're like programming the child, right? So then I can pause and go, okay, wait a minute. Now what happens that's neat is the first time I, the moment I recognize it, there's an anxiety that the charge comes off of it a little bit. It becomes like a, oh, okay. Now I see what's going on here. A light has been shined on it. And once the light shines on the, you know, the monster under the bed, it becomes a sock, right? It's like, okay, now I see it. And then I go, well, what are other ways that I could do that? Mm-hmm. Right. And I go, oh, there's that running group or there's this, or I could just call an old buddy from that time and I just call him and we start talking and all of a sudden I'm having this love and connection with my buddy who's better than any stranger I would have met at the bar, right? And so we're talking about him and we're remembering old stories. My body's going into and releasing the chemicals from those times because it's releasing friendship, love chemicals. in Oxytocin, serotonin. And- yeah, I'm getting that whole thing. And then I get off the phone and it's like, And then now it becomes, do I still want to go? No, or yeah, I do. But it's not charged. It's not this, I got to go. It's now a choice. Now it's, yeah, or now I'm good. I'm going to, I'm all right. I'm going to go home and eat some dinner and I'm good to go. I love that you said that because I do that as well. And there, like a couple times a year, probably on a full moon, that I'll get this urge, like, I want to go out and make a fucking night of it. Like, watch out everyone. I'm going out. And it's this, this energy that is bubbling up this like hunger. It's like, Ooh, and then I will have to catch myself and go, okay, really? Like, what do you, what do you really want? And, and also in, in just like to feel that excitement too. And like, whoa, 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 honey, what do you really need though? And then I had to fast forward a little bit. I'm like, okay, let's pretend you wear this cute dress. You go out, you have so many drinks, da, 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 da. Is that really going to satisfy you? And sometimes it does. Sometimes, sometimes it does. you're like, yeah, that's exactly sometimes, what I want. Yeah. Sometimes, you know, whatever you're aching for or itching for, if it's holy or good, or if it's naughty and hedonistic, my philosophy is if it makes you happy and nobody's getting hurt, by all means partake. So there's times that you might want to dive in and just say, oh, fuck it, I, I need to go like, bang one out tonight. But then often I will stop myself and I'm like, Oh honey, you're just in need. Okay. What do you, what do you need right now? Huh? I just, I just need some attention. Okay. Why do you need attention? Well, cause I just don't feel like anybody's paying attention to me right now. Okay. Do you really need people to pay attention to you right now? Yeah. Well, do you, are, are you looking at yourself right now? Have you set with yourself? Have you taken care of yourself? Have you nurtured yourself? No. (laughs) Okay, honey. How about we stay home this Friday night and we do some soul care and take care of ourselves. And that's what I found really helpful with that. And you gave me those tools. I will, I will throw that in because when I had that, there was actually a moment where that whole dialogue was real life. And it was thanks to you giving me that, that language and to be able to decipher what's going on inside of me and how to mitigate it. Well, that's, I mean, that's exactly, that's beautiful. Good job. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's exactly what it is that ideally I want to do. And whether it's through the six needs or whether it's through other myriad of other tools and stuff that I have is teaching us the tools to understand what's really going on here and to understand kind of the rules of the game. You know, one of the interesting things is when we talk about the needs, for instance, you know, the need for certainty, if I'm looking for a boundary to create certainty for me, then I'm not actually empowered myself. I'm actually reliant upon something else, right? 
if I'm a boundary, another way of that would be right. Like if I need a flotation device so that I don't sink, well, what about learning how to swim? Right. Yes. And yes, there's a time for, yes, a flotation device. I get that. Right. But in this context, what we're looking at is certainty comes from knowing and from resourcefulness, right? It comes from knowing that no matter what, I'll do whatever it takes. No matter what, I'll make it through. How do I know that? Because I'm 48 years old and I'm alive. So I've made it this far. So obviously I can can take care of myself. I can feed myself. I can do this. I've been through breakups. I've been through relationships. I've been like, I got this. I'm good. I'm okay. How do I know that I'm significant? Because I'm here. Because I'm here. The fact that I'm here means I'm significant because you know what? What happens within a system, anything that is not serving or adding value to the system is is gotten rid of. It's a waste of it's. So that's how systems work. That systems work by if it doesn't fit in and it's not adding value based on efficiency, we get rid of things that don't add value to the system. So the fact that you're here, that you're listening to this podcast, that you're taking breath means you're adding value. And if you're adding value, that means you have some significance, right? I like to think that we were put here by trees in order to create carbon dioxide for them. So anything that I do beyond that, anything I do beyond breathe is really just icing on the cake. You know, I love that. I love to boil it down like that. And and then you feel like a winner, you know? So if you give, you know, one little thing done, you're like, yes, success today. Simple, exactly. Let's keep it simple. What's my purpose? What's my meaning? To breathe. I, <laughs> anything I beyond that. that is all right. I'm a lung cell. <laughs> And thank you for touching on the the fear surrounding love and dating and relationships. A lot of people, you hear it, I hear it on the daily. I'm scared of getting hurt. Mm. I'm scared of getting hurt. And I feel like indirectly you just touched on that by, you know, you've you've come thus far. You're heartbroken. Every person that's listening right now has had their heart broken. Every single one. Sure. For sure. And that you survived that and transcended that. There you're doesn't, better for it. Yeah, you're better for it. And you can handle, if you can go into the deep depths of falling in love, you absolutely have the power to pull yourself out of a breakup. For sure. You know, and I love to work with people that come into that situation, right? Divorcees, people that come from a bad or a painful breakup or things like that, because it really is just helping that person bounce back. It's helping that person recognize within themselves that they have their own autonomy. They have this ability to do that within themselves. And then what's neat is that we're entering into relationship then and entering into intimacy, not as a need, but as a choice. Mm. And it's a very different place to come from, right? It's a different place to come from I, I need this. I have to have it. I, if, if I don't, you complete me. If I don't, I'm incomplete. If I don't, I'm, it's versus I'm good. I'm really good. And you know, what would be cool is to also share this with somebody. Mm-hmm. It reminds me of someone who is starving and a starving person will, they'll eat out of dumpsters. And that's where, when we don't have our needs fulfilled by ourselves, the life that we've built, the system that we've built around ourselves, then we will, we will eat up garbage. We will date people and hold on to our exes and, and, and do these things that are not serving us, which as you know, is very cyclical and, you know, and if you are nourished and you have a full belly or you've, you've eaten substantial meals, then you could be like, you know what? tomorrow, it's Friday night tomorrow. I think we're going to go out to the steakhouse and we're going to get a nice steak. I want to get a glass of wine and some Brussels sprouts and we're going to sit and relax and enjoy. And there's a very different energy as opposed to like, "Ah, I need this because I'm starving as opposed to like, no, I'm, I'm ready for a nice meal. Absolutely. Yeah. And so real, that's beautiful. And so real briefly that, as I said, you know, kind of being a a student of energy and there's a language that goes along with energy. And so you know, if you look at, you know, people talk about what's, who's my authentic self or what's an authentic action or what is that? And you go, every action and every self is authentic for the amount of energy that's available or the amount of perceived energy that's available. It's all authentic for the, for the, if you think of a radio station, right? If you tune to the country station, 
and it wasn't playing country music, that would be inauthentic. Right. Right. It would be like, what's going on here? Right. So authentic means to the frequency or the energy range within which we're existing. Mm. Authentic action for a person that's in a state of starvation is different than authentic action for a person that's in a state of full nourishment. Mm -hmm. They're different actions. So when we can look beyond, again, the action and the content for a minute and go, what's really going on here? And you say, this person's starving. There's a different expectation. What would you do if you were starving? Right. Right. Whether it's for love, attention, significance, certainty, variety, growth, whatever it is, if you're in a state of starvation, then what would you do? You would freaking you've done things that you look back on and go, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Mm-hmm. Versus if you're in nourishment and you're going, oh, it's a whole different decision-making process. It is. And just to touch on those moments where we do act out of need and desperation, I always say, just be very compassionate with yourself. And when, when I've done things like that, I'm like, oh, honey, you just, you just needed some love and you needed some connection. That's, that's why you did that. It's okay. We're not going to do it again, but it was okay that you did that in that moment because you had a need that you wanted fulfilled. Well, and that's where you then get into what might be considered a healthy boundary, which is, or healthy actions and healthy foundations, which would be, how did I, and once we're out of the water, once we're out of the quicksand, once we're out of the the dangerous (laughs) situation, right? Then you go, oh, I've been neglecting my self-love. I've been neglecting my routine. I've been neglecting my self-talk. I've been denied, whatever it is. And you go, oh, and when I do that, that leads to, whatever it may be, right? When I don't eat all day, then it leads to making bad food choices. When I don't have connection with people I love and with that type of stuff and feel significance, then it leads to bad dating choices. If I don't, right? So it's nurturing that stuff so we don't get to a state of starvation in there. That's right. And just saying, no, no, I can just hold on. I can, no, it's, it's you gotta be nurturing ourselves and taking care of ourselves. And the self-talk is important the way that we do it. And again, as you said, the understanding and the empathy that goes along with, yeah, I I was in this state. I, I'm not going to judge myself on where I was and what I did when I, at that state. Now that I have energy now, I look back and go, well, what a jerk was I? It's like, no, right. I'm ever in that energetic state again. I'll probably do something similar if I don't watch it. So let's do what I can to keep nurturing so that I stay vital. I stay thriving and I stay inspired and I stay that state so that I'm making decisions from there. I always like to say a vision board from the person that's drowning is very different than the vision board of the person that's on a yacht, right? They're very different vision boards. And so always be upgrading your vision board based on your circumstances, right? Like, Oh, I love that. Yes, sir. Yes. Right. You're drowning. You're like, dude, I'll take a dinghy. I don't care. I'll take whatever you got, man. I'll take you got a piece of wood. You got something like, Oh, you are so, so right. Oh my goodness. It's beautiful to chat with you. Thanks for having me here. Oh my goodness. Thank you for being here. And this was everything. This is exactly, this was on my vision board. Okay. This, (laughs) so thank you so much. And this, this was again, incredible. Are you taking new clients by chance, sir? Good question. I am taking new clients. I typically take my referral and I do have some spaces available right now, which has been great. And actually during the last year, which has been really fun. I've actually started working with a lot of people via Zoom and doing some distant stuff and then doing some intensive retreats and things like that, which has been really fun. So, so yeah, it's been good. Thank you. I love that. I'm, I'm excited for the listeners so they can reach out to you. How, how can they find you? They can find me. If you go to aaronwilkerson.com, A-A-R-O-N-W-I-L-K-E-R-S-O-N.com. Um, or email me at Aaron at AaronWilkerson.com, or you can text me at 720-705-4077. If you mention Jessica, then we'll make sure to take extra special care of you. Extra special care. And you will, because like I said, you're a miracle worker. And what you've done for me personally is life-changing. And what you've done for my friends and my clients is, I mean, that's why I call you the miracle worker because you you really are. And if there's anybody listening that would like to get in touch with Dr. Aaron, I do you know that? I call you Dr. Aaron. I, I do. That's what I call you. If you wanna, uh, I 
like it too. I'm glad you like it. You guys go to the show notes and his information is there so you can contact him. And thank you so much again for being here. I adore you and appreciate you so much. Can I add one thing real quick? Absolutely. A little footnote. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure to be your guide, but always make sure, and I know you do this really well, that you're the hero. You're the one that did the work. Without you doing it, I couldn't have done anything. So so it's an honor to be there to help you learn the tools and stuff. But if you don't apply them, so it's on, you did it. So good job. And you're doing it. We're all doing it, right? But that's, yeah, so good job. Thank you so much. You just made my day with that. Thank you. Well, I'm going to let that soak in. And you guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode. It was such a pleasure having you here. Check out the show notes to get in touch with Dr. Aaron. And until next time, get out there and love each other.